You're listening to Grindhouse Courthouse. We put movies on trial to determine whether or not a film has committed too many movie misdemeanors to be considered viewable. Please rise for the Honorable Judge this episode. On trial this week is the 1995 action-adventure movie Congo, starring a few actors you kind of recognize from bigger films. With a budget of $50 million and a worldwide box office take of $152 million, Congo was a financial success but received poor reviews, stating the film relied on a campy visual effects and charmless characters. If you're unfamiliar with Congo, the story starts with a failed expedition where researchers are trying to find the newest means of telecommunication, and her lead, Laura Linney, is sent to the mystical lands of Africa to solve the mystery of what happened to her colleagues in this failed attempt. Joined by Dylan Walsh, an ape researcher, his intern, and a power glove-wearing talking ape, Amy, they embark on an adventure funded by a slimy Romanian capitalist, Tim Curry, and a super smooth-talking adventurer, Ernie Hudson. Together, the team treks through the jungle to discover the forgotten city of King Solomon, built around a diamond mine and protected by a killer albino gorillas. Today, we have Dylan and Matt serving as Congo's public defense, arguing that Michael Crichton can do no wrong and every book of his should be a movie adaptation. All of them. Just do them all. <laughs> Go for it, Hollywood. On the opposing side of the courtroom, we have Tom and Dave serving as the prosecutors, arguing that just because you have lasers in your movies doesn't mean it's a good movie. Your judge this week is Adam. Let's begin with opening statements from the public defense. Please, Dylan and Matt, take it away when you're ready. Thank you, judge. This movie... It's about a lot of things. It's about love, loss, adventure, survival, greed, mysterious ancient civilizations, political upheaval. It's also about laser beams, volcanoes, and mutant gorillas. <laughs> what more could you want? It's fun. It's campy. It makes you think. It makes you feel. This movie has it all. <laughs> <laughs> As the late, great Roger Ebert gushed about it, false sophisticates will scorn it, real sophisticates will relish it. And the prosecution are false sophisticates. They're phonies. <laughs> they think this movie is garbage because it has mutant gorillas and laser beams and a whole bunch of nonsense plot points put together. But it's an intricate, elaborate tapestry with all kinds of flavors and delicious, wonderful things about it. I'm not, I'm not sure where I'm going with this, uh, this analogy. <laughs> But as ju the judge also forgot to mention that this movie has Hollywood royalty written all over it. The big selling point is, of course, that it's based on the book by Michael Crichton. Did you guys know he wrote Jurassic Park? <laughs> Whoa. Holy cow. <laughs> <laughs> the prosecution is well aware that he wrote Jurassic Park. That may come up in the next few minutes. Maybe. I just wanted to make it clear. But also, the screenwriter, John Patrick Shanley, is an Academy Award winner. He has a Pulitzer Prize. It was directed by Frank Marshall, who is the co-founder of Amblin Entertainment with Steven Spielberg. He's produced all kinds of amazing things like Raiders of the Lost Ark, Back to the Future, The Goonies, The Bourne Films. It's got everything you could ever want. What else do we have? Stan Winston, special effects. You might know him from Terminator, Aliens, Predator, Jurassic Park. Did you know that Michael Crichton wrote that? Whoa. Holy cow. <laughs> <laughs> This movie is amazing, and it's a perfect 10, and I will not accept any arguments otherwise. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Mel. Uh, podcast no. over. It's pretty intractable. <laughs> I don't think we're able to come back from that. Uh, if we want to move to closing statements, I think, uh, I think we're ready. <laughs> Thank you, Matthew. That was well put. Some interesting facts thrown our way. We will now hear from our prosecutors. Dave, Tom, whenever you're ready. Ah. <sighs> 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 Congo's a movie that came out in like the mid '90s. I mean, it was it was a film that like starred a bunch of people that you know about, and like a lot of people worked on it that are like really talented. But uh, you know, they they made a turd. They they assembled a literal piece of shit and then put it into theaters for you to consume with your eyeballs. <laughs> and no one thought that was a bad idea. No one at any point said like our movie needs to have a beginning, a middle, and an end. They just said like ah, things can just happen. You can just have a bunch of characters that bounce off each other, don't interact, and then the movie 
movie's over, and that's enough. And uh, Kathleen Kennedy, who uh, you may remember producing such fine films as The Last Jedi, uh, I think that's the only one worth mentioning. She, her, her <laughs> fingers are all over this. There's a lot of like, well, I work with Steven Spielberg, just like you know Jurassic Park. Uh, did you know that Jurassic Park was written by Michael Crichton? It's true. Whoa! <laughs> Holy cow! <laughs> he is capable. He's capable of writing good movies. Congo is not a good movie. It's not okay. You mentioned that the screenwriter has uh, multiple awards. He's got like Academy Awards and he's got Pulitzers. Those works that he produced to win those awards are sullied by the work that he did on Congo. It is that bad. It is that offensive (laughs) to my senses as a consumer of the arts. Now, using that as our springboard, what can we say about Congo? Very briefly to describe it to the audience. Uh, It is bereft of meaning. It is devoid of craftsmanship in areas that matter the most and it's mostly just kind of a dumpster fire of a film that they apparently slapped together really quick the characters are terrible they're they're boring they're flat they're meaningless the effects although technically competent are also kind of unnerving um stan winston does his best work here uh that i think he's ever done but at the same time it's also like clearly an animatronic gorilla running around doing sign language yelling like amy want food and she's whipping her power glove around and the audience is in the background going like yeah she's doing it she's communicating did you know none of that was in the book written by michael crichton who also wrote jurassic park (laughs) great film holy cow whoa (laughs) it's true it's true uh anyways i think that's all i have to say about this movie that's a good place to end it right Thank you. Yes. Thank you for that, Tom. We have some powerful words. Very passionate today. Uh, We can see that this is going to be a heated conversation about Congo. So with opening statements completed, I will now open the floor to the defense to present their first case. Keep in mind that both the defense and prosecution are allowed to cross-examine at will, but be warned that an unruly behavior will result in being held in contempt of court. Quiet, you. Objection. Objection. Whoa. Dave. That's strike one. That's strike one. <laughs> We're doing this today. Defense. Objection, George. Yours. Fuck you. <laughs> Whoa, Whoa, Tom. That's strike one as well. I too concur. I wish the judge would stop talking so much. I feel like. Oh, so we've got individual strikes? Okay, this is fine. I'll be okay. All right, whenever you guys are ready. This movie's got a Ghostbuster. It's got a transvestite dead guy. It's got the usual Muslim terrorist. It's got a fucking talking gorilla. It's got the annoying American lady from uh, Love Actually. And it's got the poor man's Kirk Cameron, Dylan Walsh. Perfect <laughs> cast? <laughs> I think so. I was going to it could be, he's also kind of a poor man, Steve Gutenberg. That's who I thought it was at, at the beginning. And this movie would have way better. Yeah. I assumed that he was the best representation of a man who wants to fuck a gorilla that we'd ever see on screen. But you are welcome to your own interpretation. This is a love story between a man and his gorilla, who he definitely fucks. And it's her desperate attempts to communicate with the outside world that she's being abused and the humans who can't understand it. This movie was Me Too before Me Too was even thought about. And that's something I had to record because what I said earlier had to be edited out. trying so hard not to say shit i think this first i think this first this entire first scene we need to really delve into the characters to understand who they are to really get a grasp of this movie because this movie is about the characters and also mutant gorillas and laser beams and crystals but it's about the characters first so i think it's important to start with laura linney her name in this movie is dr karen ross a doctor a woman yes ahead of its time (laughs) It's think, and she's a doctor of satellites or something. We're not clear, uh, but also lasers. She's, she also used to be in the CIA. Yeah. She's got serious skills, possibly too many skills for one character to have. Um, she's very much like the character Dirk. What the hell was his name from Sahara? <laughs> oh, the the um, great Dirk, 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 Dirk Pitt. Pitt. Yes, Dirk Pitt. Much like Dirk Pitt, she does everything and shut up. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> so she does everything. 
And she has to work for this total blowhard, Joe Don Baker, who plays R.B. Travis. Joe Don Baker is like a character actor who you'll know from like literally everything. But his main role is the fat guy who lived in the mobile home who talked about shooting the Martians in Mars Attacks. How he said, if they come here, for, <laughs> if they come here for my, my fucking <laughs> beers, I'm going to blow their heads off. <laughs> Most of his dialogue is pretty much the same to that in this, too, where he's yelling and screaming about, like, I need this laser as my cash cow, and if we don't get these diamonds, and uh, that is the extent of his entire character. So basically, we got Boss Nass here. Can we, can we touch about this company? Sure. How do they make money? Communications. With one satellite. Lasers. Satellites. I can answer that one. They, they, put, they put diamonds into their satellites, right? And then they put the satellites in space. Probably just satellite. I think they only mentioned yeah. one satellite at a time. And then the lasers. Yeah, they only have one satellite. The lasers make the communications happen. Yes. Also, they Defense. make they they, they they also they, have the capability of you shoot the laser into space. It goes all the way around the curvature of the universe, comes right back yeah. at you, and that allows you to see the future. Oh, oh okay. That's I fucking did. palmistry. Do you even know science, Dave? No, not not palmistry. I only know crystal balls. Oh, okay. Objection, Your Honor. Understood. D totally different field. Palmistry totally is not field. a science. You have to admit that right now. Oh, and I guess chiropractry is not a science too, Tom? No, it's not. Okay, okay, okay. We're getting we're getting off on a, a side ch tangent uh, talking about paychecks. So we have Dr. Karen Ross, yeah, and we have R.B. Travis, yeah. Telecommunications. So, they're, they're the, so he's the boss. He sends his son, who's fucking Ash it's from Bruce Campbell. Dead, into the jungle. <laughs> Bruce Campbell, yeah. That's actually Bruce Campbell. So it starts off with him getting poked in the eyes by a skeleton <laughs> or a gorilla or something, <laughs> and he just starts screaming. And then an arm reaches up from underground and grabs him. Anyway, so what actually happens is Bruce Campbell's in the jungle and they're trying to find diamonds or something. I forget. It's diamonds. It's, it's diamonds hard to are about the only it's um, diamonds. MacGuffin. It's the only thing that motivates people in this film is diamonds. It's the only thing right. people care about. Okay, diamonds. Only like one or two people. Like the ape has no Look, desire. Let's bring up diamonds. something right now. This ape does not push the plot forward at all. It, 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 it. Hold on. Why is he here? That's a great question. She. It's the key to the whole movie. Amy How? is the real star here. She's she's the one, the reason that they find the lost city of Zinj in the first place, and she's the one That's who false. saves them from the mutant gorillas. It's totally true, cause Bruce Campbell, I believe, finds the temple. Oh, they but dive through that weird opening in the pool that you would never dive through because it's Africa. Do you know how many parasites he got in his dick hole when he jumped in that body of water? <laughs> just rotten with him, just infinite. It's a good thing that he died shortly after doing it because his life would be agony afterwards. Exactly. I really had hoped that he would come back later in the movie with his arm had been ripped off, but it was replaced <laughs> with a laser beam that was powered by by diamonds. But unfortunately, he, that didn't happen. He just ended up playing dead later. That would have been amazing. He turns yeah. into a very heavily yeah. uh, rubberized corpse later in the film. Sorry, he dies at the start. Sorry, guys. Yeah, bummer. <laughs> Spoilers. Okay, so Bruce Campbell, we got the son. He's the son of uh, Joe Don Baker, a.k.a plays rb travis so he's the he's the communications boss guy who's got a whole bunch of employees to look after laura linney is the actual expert and basically something goes very very wrong deep in the jungle of the congo and we don't know what happened but they lose all communication and they decide we need to get over there but here's the catch they don't have time to plan and mount a complex expedition because there's a war I don't know with what or who, but it's Africa, so just assume there's a war going on. <laughs> anyway, they get to meet up with who? Dylan Walsh, a.k.a. Peter Elliott, and the guy who plays Muslim terrorists all the time. I'm sure he fucking loves having to do that as one of the few working actors of uh, near Middle Eastern descent. His name's Richard. Doesn't even get a last name. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> He's just he just he plays a grad student, so grad students don't deserve last names. No, yeah. or like anything really, food, water. Yeah. And uh, so this is played by uh, Grant Heslov, and uh, so finally he doesn't have to play a, a, a terrorist in a movie, so that's a plus. He gets to play like a normal human being, and he basically looks after Amy the gorilla, vo voiced by Misty Rosas. Does anyone know anything about Misty Rosas? I know that she's really good at making me believe that it's an ape speaking through a power glove. Great. And so we meet Dr. Peter Elliott with Amy the gorilla, and we know immediately what's up. 
It's pretty <laughs> fucking clear. She has a very strange romantic attachment to this doctor in specific. Even the grad student who she's with all the times, she seems to be slightly antagonistic with. She's jealous of other females who come into contact with Peter Elliot. As this podcast goes on, we're going to make sure we make clear the case. This man is fucking this gorilla. It's 100% clear. <laughs> it is immediately apparent. Anyone. Right from the start. And there's nothing wrong with that. Let me tell you what's wrong with it. We are 98%, say are 98% of the same genome. Tell me that's wrong. That 2% makes a big difference. A real big difference. I would say it's brave how they're pushing through cultural taboos just to find each other. Yo, audience, find this love. guy fucks gorillas. Oh! What's your stance on chicks fucking donkeys, Matt? Jesus. Or guys. It doesn't have to be girls. It can be either ones. It's brave, right? By your own logic. We can't move on until you admit that it's brave. Get into the real questions here on Grindhouse Courthouse. I feel like as the judge, I should step in. But... Judge, you stay out of this. We're settling this once and for all for society. I need to see Matt's viewpoint of this. Donkeys are like 97% the same genome as humans. That's too far. <laughs> too far? Okay. That's, I, I need that to, I need that's, a, that's a chromosome too far. So you agree that even a single percent is a lot. Where are the species that are like, oh, that's like 1% the same as the human genome? See, like every species, like that's like 90% pretty much, pretty much human. I'm not a man of science or anything, but I think like the basic building blocks of life make like 97% of anything that's alive the same. So... I don't know. So you're saying it's... But again, I'm not a scientist. Yeah, like, what's our comparison? Like, rocks and shit? Like, what do we actually compare... <laughs> what are these percentages compared to? Like, yeah, Dave, would you fuck a rock? Maybe. <laughs> is the rock sexy? How bodacious was it? You ever seen Dwayne the Rock Johnson? Hell yeah, I think he's sexy. Oh. <laughs> All right, the judge is stepping in. We're going to sidetrack this bestiality conversation. So... Until mm -hmm. later. So, we've got... We've got multiple leads that are being set up right now in this very beginning of the movie. We're finding yep. out their motivations. We're finding out that Dr. Karen Ross, she needs to get to the Congo. Right. But she can't just get over there. There's, no. there's trouble in Africa. But now we're also finding that there's a researcher with a talking gorilla we... that is also going to the Congo. Can you please yes. clear Hold, up can we back up? Classic doing? Free Willy scenario. <laughs> they have raised this hyper-intelligent ape in captivity that has no survival skills in a real jungle, and they're just going to let it go. Well, see, no, but, like, the thing is, is the, the, the ape in question was, like, drawing paintings. So clearly it wanted to go home. Oh, right. Right? Looks like a jungle in here. Right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So the ape is directing this research mission. Yeah, how how noble the of them. That that this guy this ape is the key to that guy's entire research program and he's just going to give it away. That's noble. That's that's really selfless of him. Can it. man crossbreed with a gorilla? <laughs> <laughs> I've had 7 years and so far I'm still I'm, not sure. So far nothing. Okay, so wait, hold on. Can we just back up? You what's the motivation for the girl, the doctor, what's her name? Sorry. Dr. Dr. Karen Ross. Karen Ross. What's her motivation to go to the jungle at this point? Is it for the diamonds? Or is it to find her fiancé? To save Bruce Campbell. Right. It's Because her boss has a very different perspective. Yes. So her. she wants to find her fiancé, who is the boss's son. That's Bruce Campbell from Evil Dead. So yep. she wants to find him. She's very altruistic. She, she works for this company, but she has more of like a humanitarian angle. And the boss keeps going, we, I gotta employ 60,000 people or something like that. Those were his exact so, words. So my question is, is there any emotional connection between the father and the son? Does the father well, he acts like, like his son? Well, he acts like there is, but it's pretty, it's pretty obvious not really. Like, he's more concerned with the business than his son. 100%. Yeah, the, right. this movie has no, like, emotional connection there at all. There's, there's nothing. But the, the woman does. But the woman does. Barely. She's like... Barely. That, she goes to the jungle and almost gets fucking laser beamed she, and the lava with crazy gorillas. He takes his his uh, nine iron and breaks the TV because she was saying that they need to get like, a proper expedition. And he's just like, get there and get my diamonds. Not my son. But that's one character. The other character's not the opposite of that. Is she, though? She, like, barely even, like... Look, when she comes across Bruce Campbell's rubbery, desiccated corpse... What is her reaction? I'll wait for an answer. <laughs> the court will wait. Please, defense. I, she, oh, she's sad. Lordy. 
Oh, super sad. (laughs) I actually don't recall what happened at that scene, to be honest. So I think she basically kicks him in the face and takes the diamond from his hand. A blue diamond out of his rigor mortis's hands, and she's like, "Thanks, fucker!" And then slams it in a machine and starts lasering aids. But we'll get there. We'll get there. (laughs) We'll get. Yeah, because they were. She was being attacked by mutant gorillas. What would you do in that situation? I was just having a conversation last night with my wife, saying, "If I die first, you are free to eat my dead body." (laughs) This is what people in love talk about and do, Tom. It's just how it goes. <laughs> if one is dead, you just take advantage and try to survive. Look, that world isn't for me. When someone is being chased <laughs> by white apes and torn to shreds and they see my corpse, I want them to fall to their knees and go, Oh, Tom, you are so pretty and smart and attractive. And I thought you were cool. And you say the funniest things on the podcast. Oh, Tom, if we were on a flight over the Andes and the plane crashed and you were dead, would you not want me and Matt to eat your body, starting with the butt? Well, I would, but I would want you oh, to start with the penis butt. first. Because if you're going to eat me, I want you to have the best parts. That's friendship. Well, that would give us power. That's that not enough to sustain power. us. Come on. <laughs> okay. We're getting a bit muddled. We're getting uh, sidetracked with some of this. But uh, so we're finding out these characters, they might not have the clearest motivations. They might not be pure, uh, as some say, and they might be going for greedy intentions. So... We've introduced the two but go they do. main leads. I heard there was a Ghostbuster in this movie. Oh, hell yeah. So how... we got fucking Ernie Hudson up in here. Yeah, where does he come in? And he does a perfect African accent in this movie. Literally flawless. I think it's um I think it's like a sub-dialect of the Congo, probably like northern, some kind of sub-tribal region. Uh, which sounds a lot like a shitty English accent, but that's actually a mistake. It sounds a lot like Tom doing an English accent himself, I believe. Spot on. You almost got someone Australian in Crikey. there. No, I'm not fucking Australian. Anyway, yeah, so he does a flawless accent, genuine depiction of some kind of sub-dialect in in, uh, in the Congo there. And he's kind of the go-to guy. He plans everything, coordinates everything, because, again, we're in a war zone here. So you, who are you going to call? You're going to call Ghostbuster to get up and get everything organized. And the best Ghostbuster of them all <laughs> was Ernie Hudson, of course. <laughs> Everyone's favorite Ghostbuster. <laughs> The guy they got because Eddie Murphy said, ah, hell no, I'm not doing that shit. (laughs) Which is such a strange pull for Eddie Murphy in 1995. You think he'd just be doing it, right? (sighs) Nah, he already knew he was going to do whatever he wanted to do, which was Pluto Nash. Yeah. Can't forget about that. that, I think I, I did up until just now. Sorry, Eddie Murphy. Pluto Nash wasn't very good. Here's the thing about Ernie Hudson's character. Can you describe his his character without referencing his job or what he looks like a black tour guide uh, i mean you just said what he looked like so huh? <laughs> black tour guide no uh, what i what the point that i'm trying to make about ernie hudson is that like does he do anything other than move the plot forward true or false is he romantically involved with anyone do his actions mean anything in the grander greater context of the film I'm let matt take that one yeah what's wrong with moving the plot forward He's this perfect, suave, sardonic James Bond character who navigates every challenge that comes his way. He totally steals the movie. Nothing would happen without him. Him and the gorilla. The perfect characters. What's his character's first name again? Monroe Kelly is his name. The great white hunter, except he's black. That's what he says. I'm not. Don't cancel me. That's a direct quote from the movie. That is a direct quote. It's too late. You're already canceled. Like, already uh, yeah. Well, yeah. I got canceled many episodes ago, and maybe it's fine. I could have used more Ernie Hudson to be to be honest. He was the best part of this movie, other than every other Wrong. part that was also awesome. There was one one character who we also met in the Congo who topped oh. Ernie Hudson, and that was the highly suspicious financier of the original trip that Dr. Peter Elliott, his uh, grad student Richard, no last name, and the monkey Amy, or gorilla Amy were taking, and that is Carla's brother, Herkimer, Herkimer, Herkimer Homoka. Homo- oh, yeah. Herkimer Homoka. Herkimer Homoka. That's the one. That's, that's how you pronounce it. <laughs> there you go. That's his name. Herkimer. Herkimer. 
Homolka. Fuck you for naming this man this thing, you pieces of shit. Fuck you, Michael Crichton. I hope you burn. <laughs> he also out. has a lovely accent that he delivers <laughs> in his voice. Are you actually about to criticize Tim Curry's accent? Homolka. I would never criticize Tim Curry. That man is a fucking treasure. However, I will criticize the director for not telling him, like, you gotta tone it down a bit. You gotta, you gotta reel it in. You're, you're making the other <laughs> actors look bad. But he didn't. He just let Tim Curry go fucking apeshit and talk about how he will find the lost apeshit? Apeshit? Mm-hmm. You stunned me. You stunned me into silence. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we have all these characters actually coming together. We've got the financer or the person that's providing all the money for this, Tim Curry. We have uh, Ernie Hudson, the adventurer, the leader of the group. They're going into the Congo. What are some of the challenges that they're facing while trying to get Amy into the Congo and trying to find uh, Bruce Campbell and this diamond mine? Well, the first thing that they deal with is non-specific war. And the only way they can solve that is to have Cypher from the Matrix get into a car, drive them to a truck, and then exit the film. So they get on the truck, and then they're going to a gate. And then the guards are like, are there any terrible white people we need to kill in there? And then everyone's like, no, not back here. And then they leave. And that's... uh, that's that's pretty exciting, right? Did I get any of that wrong? Not only do they have white people in that truck, they also have a fucking gorilla, <laughs> which sends them into a blind fury, and they just start shooting. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> no, they uh, they. Oh wait, sorry, I was forgetting about another character that's introduced as soon as they land. Oh, yeah. So they're, they're on the truck, and they see the ape, and they're like. I'm not having any of fucking this. You've got to go talk to the local warlord or president. It's not clear. Oh yeah, yeah something like uh, this is this is the warlord. I think. Yeah, this is he's some sort of corrupt military officer played by Delroy Lindo. Mm. He has one scene and he is amazing. He has my favorite line in the whole movie, and I don't know why it is, but I just anyway. He says to st- 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 Tim Curry, yeah, Tim Curry, stop eating my sesame cake. Stop eating my sesame stop cake. Stop eating my sesame cake. And then cute Tim Curry just and like I don't know vomiting why. it out slowly and showing it to the <laughs> camera. Like... <laughs> it's a great film. Africa. And, and it's, it's perfect. Great I love it. What do we know him from again? Uh, the one oh, starring uh, Jason Statham know... and Jet Li. <laughs> we know him from. No. God damn it. Oh, God. Absolutely not. No one knows him from that. <laughs> He was in. He, he was lost. He was in Sahara. No, that's a different character, Dave. You. No, racist. you're thinking of. That's you're Mr. thinking of Echo. Mr. Echo, right, who's also in this movie. Yeah, yeah Mr. Echo is in this. No, movie. this is the warlord. Delroy Lindo was okay, in Sahara. We watched him in a movie just recently. He was the what CIA. What was his role operative. in Sahara? I think he oh, was. A C- I think he was also in the CIA. CIA. He, and okay. he assassinates a person. Wasn't he the waiter at the very end that kills the dude? Yeah. Wasn't he that dude? Yeah, doing top secret agent spy shit. He's badass all around. These movies are starting to blur together now. Well, in the one, in the one, he plays a cop who travels through time because you see Jed Lee is a guy who's traveling (laughs) through the multiverse and killing himself. Right? Shit, we're gonna have to do the one soon. Okay, but what's hilarious and what's great is he can actually do an African accent. Oh yeah. So Ernie Hudson is in the same fucking scene <laughs> with this actor who can do an African accent. And then there's Ernie Hudson who does, I think it's from like Piccadilly Circus, the accent he's going for or something. So <laughs> it's the stupidest thing ever. He's it's going so for the stupid. Timothy Dalton accent. Like yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I know I'm arguing against my own point, but it's, it's too funny to not point out. I was just going to point out, Dylan, that you are the defense in this yeah, scenario. Uh, hey, so hanging if that me out to dry here. Yeah. Movie, then. But I'm building, but I'm building a rapport with the jury and the judge that they believe me mm-hmm. when I make the, the points in my favor. That I'll admit shortcomings while still claiming that this movie is worth watching. So okay. it's all part of the. And plan. I, as the uh, the offense, the prosecution, if you will. I would like to point out that this movie is so bad that the defense can't help but trip over their own feet trying to talk about how good it is. <laughs> I'm not seeing any of that today. but uh, So we're finding out that Africa, strange place. Yeah, A lot of weird things are happening on. So they're, they're talking with this warlord. They get out of that scenario. What's up? What's happening? Well, really, it's only the two weird things that are happening in Africa at this point. Uh, it's war, yeah. and someone might have died, or maybe they just have a bad connection out there in the jungle. That's it. That's the only thing our characters know. 
Yeah. They only have one satellite, so the satellite might just be on the other side of the planet, and they can't actually make connection. <laughs> they can't even look at it. What say you to that, Judge? They shoot the laser beam all the way around the planet into their palms, and then they read their palms, and that's how they read the message. That's how it works, Dave. Oh, come if on. only it were just the I planet, keep, yeah, Matt. Sorry, I only they have... have to shoot it around the curvature of the known universe and then come back so that we're back in time. I thought you knew about science. Jeez. These are strong words. Dave only knows about love, which is why we're <laughs> appealing with this, the story of love between a man and his gorilla. And his <laughs> pet fuck ape? I think that's what you can call it, right? <laughs> Tickle me. Tickle me. Oh, yeah, that's scene. That happens. There's, there's a bit there where the animatronic gorilla is like, put Amy, love, tickle. Put your hands on my sensitive places. And, like, no one in the movie reacts to it. They're just like, ah, classic fucking ape and doctor scenario over there. Leave them to their business. It's weird. Yeah. So up to this point, the gorilla, the gorilla has been communicating with basically what looks like a power glove attached to a backpack, kind of like uh, I, no other setup you've ever seen. But she's using sign language, and then the sign language is being audio output, basically, kind of like Stephen Hawking style. Yeah. So the so you got a you got a talking ape in this movie. Uh, I would also like to point out that sign <laughs> yeah. language is typically performed with uh, one to two hands, but she only has one glove. How does the glove know what the other hand is doing? The glove is so smart. That's how it knows. Well, I mean, they did make a it's super smart well, if, called the wizard. So, if you were fucking an ape, would you give it two gloves? It could express full sentences at that point. <laughs> We've all seen the other... Planet of the Apes. We all know the dangers of giving monkeys two gloves. That's not in dispute here. <laughs> oh God. Get us back on track. Doctor Elliot is let me. I need. Please help me, Doctor <laughs> Elliot. Me. Tickle me. Okay. Tickle give me. Her, give her another martini. Oh, yeah. They also get the ape did... drunk all the time, too, right? They get it on the plane and it's like, have some giggle juice. And you're like, what the fuck? Is this a kid or what the hell is going on here? Because it helps her relax. Easy. Come on. You know how nothing wrong you with know that. how the doctor knows that? It's because he's getting that ape drunk all the time. It's a fucking party ape, is what it is. <laughs> it's cruel. How does he know the exact dosage? How does he know? Years of practice. <laughs> he's he's a man of science. That's why. Yeah, this this much will keep her uh, docile, but she won't fall unconscious because that that just ruins it. They also drug her and then throw her out of a plane. But moving forward, all right. So now we've met all the characters and their desire for all the diamonds and the apes, and we are in Africa. And now we get to the bulk of the film, which is just a long, long, long journey through the jungle. I think you're... And it takes like it, 90% of the movie. Is it does. Long it's just trek. them running through the jungle. Don't forget about I this. think you're doing it a disservice by calling it a long trek. I think it's more accurate to describe it as a series of scenes that play out one after the other, each showing something dumber about the place that they're supposedly in. So one of the things is one of the members of the old expedition just kind of comes screaming out of the jungle miles upon miles away from where he was originally attacked. So well, wait, wait, we got to start before that. They got on oh a plane first. God. They're going to fly All right. closer. So <laughs> and since we're in war torn country, everyone has rocket launchers and they're all shooting missiles at this plane. And there's only one solution. <laughs> What What is the solution? How do you fix it? You get your flare guns out, and you start shooting your flare guns at the missiles with perfect aim. And you well, yeah, but like down. one of these characters has CIA training and the other is a Ghostbuster, how, right? How badass is that? So that's completely reasonable. Oh, true, true. I guess yeah. so, yeah. What if they're, uh, they're heat-seeking missiles? Isn't that how it works? How many thousands of dollars were they wasting per shot on this like shitty biplane, basically? Because it seems like a lot. Can you put a price on freedom? Tom, they're fighting for their freedom. They're fighting for their lives. Uh, I understand freedom. And therefore... I know what freedom's yeah. all about. And on this day, we celebrate our independence. Well, I'm proud <laughs> to be an American, because at least I know I'm free. Independence Day. <laughs> that word has new meaning. <laughs> <laughs> Why would they remake Independence Day? Why would they make a sequel without Will Smith? It just doesn't make a ton of sense, right? It's like he was the only thing really carrying that movie. It's like if they do a Congo 2, well, do you think they're going to bring back Ernie Hudson or cast someone new? They're going to bring him back. I know he's 75. I think it could still work, right, guys? I don't know. I mean, you could like totally remake Ghostbusters, just cast like four women to do it, and it'd probably work out great. 
Paul Feig directing? Yeah. That's all I want. Fucking great movie. Movie. All right. So, yeah, they're, they're shooting flares at stingers. Uh, they decide to jump off the plane when they run out of flares because, like, they just have infinite stingers on the ground, I guess. They're, they're out of the plane. They're on the ground. They've got all their crew and their gadgets. Whoa, you, you, missed, you missed the part where Ernie Hudson goes on a parachute with a gorilla strapped to his chest. How cool is that? That gorilla, that gorilla was not strapped to shit. That gorilla was just hanging on. <laughs> great arm strength. On that I believe gorilla. the gorilla was drugged at that point. Uh, yeah, the gorilla <laughs> was also drugging Amy constantly. Still, like, just fucking ripped, loaded, jumping out of a plane. Uh, that thing does happen. Uh, you do see it, and it exits your brain, which is why I neglected to mention it. But they're on the ground. Nothing's been happening. They've just been walking through for a while. Oh, right. We need to remind the audience that something terrible and threatening has happened. Soul Star from the hit TV series Deadwood comes bursting out of the brush. And he's all out of sorts because he's miles away from the temple. And they're like, wow, buddy, how's it going? And they're like patting him on the back and like giving him water and like a cookie. And then he sees Amy and he starts going, oh, oh and he has a heart attack and he's dead. And uh, that's it. That's like the entire scene. Then a river. And most people on their safari uh, would just say, like, ah, I'm done. What are you going to do? It's a river. I don't want to get my clothes wet. These guys came prepared. So they take out their uh, little um, yellow containers, and they open them up. And then there's rafts inside, which is great. Uh, I should also note that at this point, they've ditched every single yellow container that they were carrying on the ground to get the rafts out. But I'm sure that's not going to become important later. So they've, they've got the rafts, and they're like, we're going to get across this river. Cut to dead of night. It's just nighttime now. There's, there's no real passage time. Those rafts inflated immediately because they're very expensive. But it's nighttime. Don't worry about it. So you're heading across the river, right? Now, what are the things that you could encounter in Africa? Matt, name an animal. Elephant. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, Dylan, name an animal in Africa. Uh, warthog. Well, that's pretty scary. Dave, what do we got in Africa that could kill you? Lions. Mm, that's pretty good. Judge, uh, can you think of any animals that might pose a threat to your survival? No, I've got nothing. Maybe a cheetah. Uh, cheetahs, cheetahs are scary. They're pretty fast. But you know what's even more dangerous than all of those things combined? You guys know that they can hold their breath for seven minutes? Wow. Amazing. <laughs> Do you know that the name hippopotamus comes from the Greek hippo meaning horse and potamus meaning river? Mm. Wow. Wow. Did you know, I found this on a nature article. Do you know that they make their own sunscreen and antibiotics? No way. They secrete a red oily substance from their skin and prevents sun damage and fights off infection. Wow. Super crazy, oh, wow. right? Wow. That is yeah. neat. Do you know they weigh over 3,000 pounds and they can still run 19 miles per hour on land? Wow. Did you know that hippos are the only other animal besides human to achieve the power of speech? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. That, wow. Wow. Oh, interesting. Neat. Wow. Wow. Do you guys know that hippos will uh, attack rigid hull inflatable boats for no reason and then exit the film that they're in? Wow. Wow. Hippo facts. Oh, my. Hippo facts. Hippo facts. Holy shit, did I ever learn a lot about hippos from that? And that scene ends. I mean, that's that's pretty much it. Uh, you know, we we get to the end of the hippo attack scene. I don't believe anybody is inconvenienced or even hurt by it. And then they move on to the next obstacle. They lose one raft. Uh, does it affect the expedition in any way? Oh, no. Oh, no, because they have magical boxes that hold everything they need. So. Uh, well, Mr. Somehow. Echo is devastated. He's real sad. That was his favorite raft. That's life, baby. That's life. Sometimes your raft gets hippoed. That's life in the jungle. You think he just went into that not knowing what could happen to his raft? That's on him. 
That's why Mr. Echo. He didn't even know there were rafts. <laughs> that, that too. So we are learning of the dangers of Africa. The the jungle life is dangerous. It's scary. Anything can attack you at any time. The warriors continue on. Our adventurers continue to to find the telecommunications crew. Where are they going next? Objection. The judge attempted to portray the group of adventurers as warriors. Or really adventurers. Even that's incorrect. I think it's more accurate to describe them as a grad student, an ape, a horny doctor, a <laughs> telecommunications lackey who was in the CIA at one point, and Ernie Hudson. Is that fair? Is anyone going to disagree with that? They have a few porters mm. as well. Mm. I hope those porters come back in a big way in the next little bit. No, no, so they, they, me too. I wish they had names. So they, so they run through the jungle, <laughs> right? They're running through the jungle, and what should they find but king solomon's diamond mine you know that thing that they were looking for that they found the lost city of zinge i, I mean it might have many names i certainly know it as um semi-competent jungle set with a temple in the background but you know that's so we, that's up to each individual we know we know the name of it because tim curry says it in that crazy accent like 12 times before this Lost city of Zinj. The lost really city just... of Zinj. Harkamer Hamalka. I'm going to the one place not yet corrupted by capitalism. <laughs> Space! Space! <laughs> He's also the money of the film, right? He's the guy that's funding this trip? Yes and no. Okay, but he doesn't actually have any money. So Ernie Hudson at one point sits down and he's like, I remember. I remember what you did. I remember all the money you still owe me. And then it turns out that, like, Herkimer Homolka actually has no money at all. So he's just, like, along for the ride. And it turns out that it's the corporate interests that are truly funding this expedition, making them the good guys or the bad guys. I don't know. It doesn't matter because the movie never explores it. I got one question. How long into the movie are we before we actually get to the temple? How long has it taken? Runtime? 40 minutes. Yes. Feeling time? 14 days. <laughs> we don't see this temple until an hour and 10 minutes into this film. This movie is like an hour and 25 minutes. Dave, we see the, we see the temple in the opening intro. We see the temple first thing. Briefly, like for a, a millisecond. Just as a teaser. Yeah. You know, when the characters that we care about that aren't uh, corpses by this point get to it, it's been an hour and 10 minutes. And this, but we, but how many times do we criticize movies for blowing their load on the main bad guy like way too early? Yeah, Never. This, is, this one this... holds it off appropriately. I just want something other than Jim, them just walking through the jungle with hippos. This is brilliant filmmaking, Dave. This is, this is straight from the Spielberg school of filmmaking. Don't show the monster. Just give us little hints little teasers he didn't show jaws until the very end of the movie okay here's the things that aren't enough for the prosecution for like obstacles that the heroes encounter before the main climax corruption like first off you have corruption in the congo you have to deal with the the warlord you have to bribe him. yeah well, let's go through this so corruption in the congo they give him a bribe and yeah. it's done in like five seconds yep that's done okay five seconds over sure whatever they get on a plane what do they encounter next? Rebels? Rebel forces that are shooting stinger missiles at them. They gotta, and they, they just gotta... jump off the plane. <laughs> yeah, but like they have to do no with thing. goddamn gorilla Greg it's no thing. onto them. They have 40 parachutes in that little plane yeah. and all their luggage. Yeah. And they have some all can all get off. Like, no one dies, nothing. Just, eh, whatever. Well, there's only... They got to kill them off slowly, Dave. It's a long movie. <laughs> <laughs> I believe they all die at, like, one scene. There's there's no one, dies one scene in particular that they lifted directly from Predator that I would love to talk about. We'll get there, but I'm still proving your colleague wrong at this point. Okay, then we start going through the jungle. What's the next obstacle? Motherfucking hippos, dude. We just listed, like, 40 facts about them. Obviously, they're important. We, we got a bribe. We got the plane going down. Okay, the plane going down was legit okay. Yeah. So the bribe, a plane going down, and hippos. That's an hour and 10 minutes. Yeah, but we also then, what do we have? A random gorilla troop that Amy meets. Now we got the whole... That now sorry. not that but that's that, 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 an hour no, no, no. and seven minutes. Yeah, but now we got the free willy aspect. Now, now the gorilla's not accepted by the wild gorillas because she's been fucked by this dude for so long <laughs> that they can smell. We can smell him all over. Her. And the silverback's like, I don't want none of this. I don't think this is right. I don't think this is moral. I have children to look after. I don't know what you two are into. It's not okay. 
And so Amy has to convince him that she's totally done with that stuff. And of course, fucking perv doctor is like tearing up and like furious that Amy's going to leave him. But, you know, don't worry about he'll meet some other girls soon enough. And that's all before we even get to the temple. That's tons of stuff. So I don't know what you're complaining about. What an exciting journey. You said three things and the bride was over in like a minute. The play went down like five minutes. It was mainly them just having like great shots of Africa and them. Hippos. Gorillas. That's four things. Oh yeah. The the, the gorilla part happened at like the hour and seven minute mark. Right before they got to the temple. So I count that part as a temple. Okay. Not the same. We're learning that Dave wants more. Dave needs more from his movies. I I needed something because the whole movie is basically them just slowly, slowly moving through Africa in a very. You forgot about the scene about the guy jumping out of the bushes, seeing an ape, and then shitting himself to death. You forgot (laughs) about that part. Yeah. Highlight of the movie, I think. But like, (laughs) that man's dead. They just left his body, by the way. Well, he left this movie to go work on Deadwood, so... There's only so much shit that can come out of the human body before you're dead. (laughs) She saw a colleague that she knew die in front of her, and she didn't give two fucking shits. She didn't give two fucking shits about her fiancé dying. She went on a a jungle expedition to save him. She was The only reason she's there is to save him. Because her boss was like, I think you should go. And she's like, for your son, right? And he's like, no, I want diamonds. And she went anyways. She's a terrible person. She went to go save Bruce Campbell. She's like, there's no way he's coming back. He's not, he doesn't have high enough billing in this movie to come back for any meaningful parts. So I have to go save him. Anyway, we get to the payoff, though. We get to the goddamn Temple of Solomon, which totally makes sense. (laughs) Don't question it. Yeah, I know there's some Egyptian hieroglyphs. Shut up, okay? <laughs> Solomon, temple, diamonds, Congo. Yeah, the first night at the temple, I believe Tom wanted to discuss. All right. So they they get to the temple, right? And this is the end of their expedition. They've made it. This is why they're here. Not only that, but Herkimer Hamolka says, like, uh, the diamonds are real and I will be rich. And everyone's like, okay, before we go in, Space. We, we need to fucking set up a camp here because I, I don't want to go in today. It's I'm too tired. Oh, oh, no. I'm pretty sure they go in first and then come out after and set up the camp. I'm almost positive they go My in first. My mistake. You're completely correct. First, a bunch of people run in before they leave one guy with no names and one line and Richard, the grad student outside, right? And those two dudes are just yeah. like shooting the shit where Richard's like, hey, you're from Africa. What's your name? And the dude's like, my name is Claude. And he's like, that's a French name, you African fuck. And for some reason, those characters don't get along. So the African guy gets <laughs> Hold up. Hold on a sec. That doesn't happen. What? What? Objection. Yeah, Look does. it up. I Look it up. I... Please continue. You did you... I stand corrected. <laughs> Everybody so looked it this up. This is a great scene because we looked it up. We looked it up. And actually, the Congo is a former French colonial holding. And most of the inhabitants, if they're going to speak anything other than their tribal dialect, would be French. So Claude is a perfectly reasonable name for an individual to have in the Congo. Thank well, it's you. Also- Which makes Ernie Hudson's accent even more inexplicable. <laughs> <laughs> You're supposed to be defending this. There's no defending Can't Ernie Hudson's no. accent in this one. Dylan, just, just come on to our side. Just cross just the bench. Cross, cross the, the bench. No. Don't so, worry. I'll pull it back. I'll pull it back once we get to the climax. So they're, those two guys don't get along. And Richard, the grad student, is just kind of like wandering around being like, I hope nothing bad happens to me when a fucking ape like tears him limb from limb and kills the shit out of him. That puts <laughs> it into everybody else's head like, oh, that could happen to us. That's bad. So what they do is they take all of the uh, yellow boxes that they threw away to get the rafts out. They materialize them again in their hands, open them up. But this time, there are tactical machine pistols that are attached to tripods that sync up with a laser detection grid. Uh, They set this all up very quickly off camera, so you're just left to assume that, you know, it it, it happened. Then, and I should also add, they, they discover at this point that it's like white apes in the temple that are guarding the diamonds and whatever. Who cares? It's not important. What is important is that every single person decides to stand back to back in a circle and just shoot out into the jungle they don't know if they're hitting anything they're not sure if there's even anything to shoot at but they just start shooting and that in a nutshell is this movie it is firing in every direction and hitting nothing uh i guess that's closing statements so if we're ready to uh wrap we haven't up. we haven't even talked about the mutant gorillas hardly at all. <laughs> we're getting them are getting they mutants them. or are they just like malnourished they, and underfed with a weird albinism they were, trait 
they read on the hieroglyphics because they're they show up and they're immediately fluent in all of their uh, written language that's in here in the lost city of Zinj. And they see that the gorillas have been bred to be super aggressive and mean and violent to protect all of the treasures that are within it. So then we immediately see how serious this is, how cool these monsters are. They're kind of like predators, uh, but they're like gorillas. Wait, wait. And I can see the look on your face. Are you saying all the Egyptian stuff was saying that they're defenders? Yeah, they have yeah. to protect all of the treasures, all of the diamonds. I'm pretty sure Tim Curry comes out and he's like, I deciphered it. It says, we are watching you over and over again. And that's all it says. Yeah. We're watching you with our mutant gorillas. That doesn't explain anything about <laughs> monsters or nothing. It just says we are watching you. No, it had a very clear... Dave, you missed it. It had a very clear... You know the thing where like human evolution where we're crawling from like our Australopithecine ancestors up? Well, they had yes. that with gorillas. Exactly. <laughs> a regular gorilla. A slightly taller gorilla. Slightly taller gorilla. And then a gray gorilla. <laughs> it was very clear. It was clear. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you leave brown blueprints in case someone needs to come back and start the mine up. You start with this shitty ape, and then you slowly <laughs> breed it into white killer ape with missing eyes and a bunch of scabies. Yeah. And our judge would really appreciate that in the action scenes, they slowed everything down. They just dropped that frame rate right back down, and it was very well lit. Very well lit. <laughs> yeah. You could definitely see what's going on. Oh, I mean, really sorry, uh, I'm shitting on this movie. You couldn't tell anything that was happening. It was so hard. <laughs> they shot it at night, and you couldn't see. You couldn't everything. see. So for this, for this scene that Tom's describing, where you have these albino great white apes surrounding the team, uh, and the turret guns are going off, is there any suspension? Any, like, are you tense in this? Are you dreading that this oh, team yeah. may not make it out like no you're just confused i was just hoping that someone would get shot by the machine pistols they put on bipods and it almost happened but then no one died i felt really cheated because they all so, the guys that were expendable got eaten by hippos earlier <laughs> nobody was eaten by hippos a boat was slightly damaged by a hippo a little bit of a <laughs> little bit of duct tape you could fix that right up didn't we establish how dangerous hippos are did you know they can hold their breath for seven minutes holy cow mm -hmm. wow hey neat Hippo facts again. But How do you fight against something like that? <laughs> so they survive the night. So they know there's all these like, dangerous apes around them. Yes. And what's your first thing to do? Leave your guns and go into the temple yeah. where they all are, right? Yeah. That's that's the common sense yeah. thing? Yeah. Yep. Naturally. I mean, they fired they all their like ammunition. Pistol? Like, it's literally 30 minutes of people just shooting into the jungle. I was so bored. I didn't know that was possible. <laughs> <laughs> they blew their load too early, and then they went into the temple. Gotcha. That's where things get great. That's that's where the real climax of the movie is. Do we mention there's a volcano in this? Holy cow! Oh, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> is this Dante's Peak? Yeah. The other thing, if all of these things weren't you know exciting enough for you, now suddenly yeah, a volcano is going to explode. Maybe that's a yeah. problem. I I don't it know. Could, yeah. And then they find the diamonds, and then Tim Curry starts gobbling up all the diamonds that they were looking for, and then the gorillas show up. The Tim gorillas. Curry is asking to die at the end of that, though. Let's let's just describe very briefly how he gets himself into that situation. Because he, like, sees the diamonds, and he's like, look, diamonds for me, Herkimer Hamalka. And he's, like, jamming <laughs> him into his pouch, and then, like, all the other apes are surrounding him, getting ready to beat the shit out of him. What does he do? Puts more diamonds in his pouch. But where's his team? Shouldn't he be with the team right now? No, the I team's watching this happen. They're letting this happen. We've established that nobody <laughs> <Yeah>. cares. Like, <laughs> Ernie Hudson doesn't give two shits about Herkimer Hamalka. He's happy to let him get devoured and torn to shreds by gorillas. And he deserved it because this that's what the moral of this movie is. It's about greed. He was greedy. And then he went to steal all these treasures from the Congolese. Is that the word? Is that the right word? Sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. And then he got torn to shreds by gorillas. There you go. He gets his comeuppance right away. And that's what this movie is about. Greed and also loving gorillas in an inappropriate way. That's two things, though. And really, aren't there only two characters that deal with greed? It's the boss guy and then Herkimer Hamalka, right? Uh, Should we go through the, like a, a checklist of these characters and why they're going to the Congo, what their objective was, and if they actually achieved this? Cause... All, we, all we need to know is that they get in a big, huge fight with a bunch of gray gorillas, and then a volcano goes off. And then the most important thing that we haven't even mentioned is the laser beams. Right. So they find... So they, for some reason, the satellite has a gun that, you know, if it's, it's just like a phaser in Star Trek. You can set it to seeing the future, and then you can also see it to 
laser beams that can cut gorillas in half. It's simple. Stun to kill. Yes. Yes. Those, yep. those are the only two settings. <laughs> yeah. Do I need to do I need to draw up the physics of this on a piece of paper and show it to you again to see how this works? Nah, I'm fine with it. Yeah. Well, so please continue. Imagine, pull, this imagine laser pulling gun. the laser beam gun on the gorilla and all of a sudden you're seeing like 7-Eleven in 2024. Like, oh shit, I put it to the wrong setting. <laughs> So Laura Lenny, it's, it's, it's absolute chaos over here, and they need to escape. The whole thing is coming around, and the volcano is exploding. And then she grabs one of the diamonds and puts it in this laser beam gun, and she says, I'm going to put them on the endangered species list. These gorillas that she just... And she starts just mowing them down, cutting them in half. It's super gnarly. It's super cool. What more could you want? And at the same and at the same time, to add more chaos to this scene, there's a goddamn earthquake and lava's erupting. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the other thing too is like that scene where she starts lasering the apes is absurdly graphic and violent, right? Like everything prior to this yeah. has basically just been Jurassic Park, where it's like, oh, the the implication, but you don't see anything. Cut to lasers, and then it's just like uh uh let's see analogy i want to make it's bad it's real bad you guys <laughs> cool analogy <No>. <laughs> the analogy you're looking for is gnarly and cool that's what the analogy <laughs> well, means right credit where credit is due yeah so you got laura linney mowing down these mowing down isn't even correct because the lasers it's not like a pew pew laser it's just like a solid stream and like cut everything in half kind of laser so she's not mowing down but just like sawing Yes, yeah. these it's gorillas just, apart. Yeah, she's just yeah. It's, it's she's homelandering cool. the shit out of them. She's lasering yeah, their tits, and no one is safe. And then we get the best. Basically, it's basically a giant lightsaber. Yes, yep. what it is. Yep. And then we get the best scene from the movie, which is about like fifty CG white gorillas fucking losing their shit up on these little cliff thingies above lava, and you see them all. They're just like bouncing around, and they're fine if they just fucking stand there. They'll be fine, they, at least for the moment. Like, long term, they'll get blown up. But at least at this exact moment, they're fine. But there's one asshole who's just <laughs> losing his fucking mind. There's one fucking asshole gorilla who just starts freaking out, just tears down the cliff, knocking all of his friends into the fucking lava. And you know what he does at the end? He just, like, flails his arms up and then jumps straight in, unprovoked, just jumps straight into the lava and burns up. Like, ah, shit! <laughs> I mean, maybe the guilt of what he had done caught up with him. <laughs> right? Then he gives a thumbs up as he goes down. <laughs> Best scene of the movie. Masterpiece? Well, no. There's exactly. there's there's a little coda, right? Because like essentially, what I think this movie was supposed to be about is, is greed, right? And then like all the monkeys die, and it's a nice thing. But then they forgot. Uh, I think after wrapping shooting that they still had Amy there and they didn't do anything with her. So as right. in the background, the volcano is exploding. She sees the silverback gorilla that she saw before, and uh, then decides to just like go with them. Suddenly, it's it's okay. It's cool. No, no, no. Amy does save the doctor when he gets surrounded by the apes. Uh, the gorillas, she says, bad ape, ugly ape, my man, he make me feel good. Get away. <laughs> Get away. I uh, True. Credit where credit is due. Yep. She does She does have a pivotal point at the end, saving uh, Dr. Fuckboy's life. But, however, <laughs> after they all escape and they're standing there being like, it's Ernie Hudson, Laura Linney, and, and, and the doctor standing there. And she runs off into the end. And Laura Linney asks a question, something along the lines of, are they going to be okay? As the volcano's just like erupting and there's pews <laughs> of smoke and there's like pyroclastic flows. And uh, uh, the doctor, he says possibly the dumbest thing I've ever heard in a movie. They know where to go. And then the credits roll. <laughs> cataclysm, fucking volcano exploding. The gorillas will know the way. It's like, yeah. What are you talking about? They probably have never seen this. They only live like 30 years. <laughs> we just witnessed a bunch of them jumping into lava earlier. Yeah. Furthermore. Well, one yeah, jumped yeah. in. The rest unwillingly were pushed in by that asshole. <laughs> so I guess my question for this whole scene, because I feel this is what most people remember about Congo. They remember the lasers. They remember the lava. They remember the white gorillas. Does this hold up? Does Is this scene enough? to make Congo a good movie. Oh, yeah. No, that hour and ten before was a fucking disaster. No, this payoff is totally worth oh, it, it's man. it's so cool. It's just like in Jaws when the guy gets chomped in half by the by the shark. It's just the payoff that yep. we all wanted. 
Except this one had laser. We didn't even mention the desiccated, rubbery, dead body of fucking Ash lying in a pile of bones. (laughs) That's how good this scene is. Uh, It just happens, and Laura Lena barely acknowledges it. Yeah, you know how many hours Stan Winston toiled away on making that fake rubber Bruce Campbell dummy? (laughs) At least an hour. It actually, it actually looks okay. At least ninety minutes. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It was like a three-day job. So, so the doctor who is with Amy, like his like best friend, dies, right? It's just a grad student. It's just a grad student. His decapitated head is thrown into the. They're basically best friends. Yeah. He couldn't. He couldn't fuck his best friend. He doesn't give. Two shits about him at all. Like he dies, and it's like, yeah. Yeah, but he's a grad student. Death is whatever. He's a grad student for starters. He was his best friend. Was he putting his dick in his best friend? No, he's putting his dick in the and ape. That's what he got broken up about. Simple. Okay. Every character in this movie is a reprehensible piece of shit. I, I should just also anyway, throw that one out. As all good movies should end, they get into a hot air balloon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <yes. laughs> Right. Uh, the screenwriters didn't know how to get them to escape from the volcano, so they just get in a balloon and float away. Where did they even get the balloon from? Remember, the same place where they were taking a prop plane that got shot at, like, with four Stinger missiles. <laughs> so they take literally the slowest moving air transport that there is. <laughs> the war is over at this point, we believe. <laughs> Who says that? No. Yeah. I don't think that's ever established in the movie. Yeah. I don't <laughs> I think think that's... That's... Just because they didn't show it doesn't mean it didn't happen. Dave told us that. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> exactly. Just because it didn't and it won't doesn't mean that it couldn't and it isn't. You're right. <laughs> do all these plot lines, are they all just like running parallel? Like, do, do any really matter? Like, do they need each other to survive? Like, we took the doctor and ape out completely. The movie was still No, because they, yes. they needed Amy to find... Tim Curry. They went on this journey to the jungle what? looking for treasure, and they found each other. That's the moral <laughs> of the story. But, they, but everybody Bruce died. Bruce Campbell found it before without the monkey. So the monkey had no bearing on finding it, because they already well, found it. it. First okay. off, true. No, there are no monkeys in this movie, Dave. No monkeys. Sorry, ape. Sorry. Yeah. Ape, How insensitive you I apologize to all the... I apologize to all the ape... People out there. <laughs> you just, you just like alien. We're all eight people. We're all eight people. Think about it. Think about it, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> if we take them out, like if you take Tim Curry out, the only point of that character is to spit out his sesame cake. That's exactly. it. Exactly. So like, you take both of those storylines out, and the movie still happens. Yes. It's fun. It's bad it writing. Good. It's fun. But it wouldn't be as good. It's fun. I, I Dave. think you know the mark of a good Stop movie is where eating you can just the start... sesame cake. <laughs> you can just start ripping characters out, and it doesn't change the plot or anything. That's great. That's really cool. They're just adding you know? color to this delicious. Do... Remember when I talked about delicious tapestries? That's what this is. <laughs> Every true. little character That's is true. another. This is like four tapestries, and they're trying to like just smoosh them together. And it, doesn't and it makes blend. it an even better tapestry. That's what tapestries Dave, are. It makes it a gray your argument, slurry of Your argument paste. is like saying shooting apes with lasers doesn't need lava. <laughs> sure it doesn't. But adding lava makes it much better. Yes. It's fucking cool. No argument there. Yeah. Well, no argument there. They needed to do something for the end of this movie because it wasn't enough to just fucking have a scene where 20 dudes are just shooting apes indiscriminately. They're just blowing off tops of their heads and shooting arms off. It's like the RoboCop scene where Peter Weller's getting his arms and legs and torso shot up. It's like that. That's not exciting enough. There has to be a scene where they're just flinging themselves willingly into lava to protect the diamonds, you see. Because you can breed that into apes to protect diamonds. Yeah. Anyways, thanks for coming to my TED Talk. (laughs) Okay, okay. I think we have rambled enough, but we can can dive into closing statements and uh, finally conclude this episode. So, defense, please present your closing statement. Do you want... I need a minute. Let the, let the yeah. others go. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm going to say something that I have never said before about a movie. It is somehow less than the sum of its parts. The Congo is a film that you will not recognize how much of your life has slipped by until after you've watched it. You think that it's building to something, that it means something, that it might have a message, that it might try to say literally anything about anything, but it doesn't say anything about its subject material. Yes, Herkimer Homolka is torn to death because of his supposed greed, but anybody could have been torn to death. And they are, later on. Those dudes that are just shooting guns wildly into the air, they're not picking up diamonds. They're just getting killed. And that's senseless. Just like this movie, thank you. (laughs) All right, defense. Prosecution rests. It's your turn for closing statements. Please, when you're ready. It's rare in life that we get a chance at a do-over. 
a mulligan. But Michael Crichton got that. He wrote Jurassic Park and he asked every single 10-year-old coming out of that goddamn movie what they wanted, what they could add to improve this thing. And he gave it to them. Lasers. Lava. Earthquakes. Crazy apes. Good apes. Africa. And he took all that. He took the best parts of Jurassic Park. Remember the lawyer? Well, that lawyer became Tim Curry. Improvement? I'd say so. I'd say so. Number one criticism. Dumb kids. Out. Out of the movie. Replaced with a talking ape. Way better. Improvement. Yep. Jeff Goldblum? Replaced. Ernie Hudson? Better. Sam Neill? Replaced. Linda Linney? Better. Obviously better. Or you could take uh, Dylan, whatever his last name is, Walsh or something. Poor man's Kirk Cameron. Better. This movie is Jurassic Park on steroids. So unless you're an idiot, you'd watch it. <laughs> Dummy. What are you, stupid? Watch it. I rest my case. <laughs> Objection. <laughs> Apes are shittier than dinosaurs. This is fact. <laughs> I would point you to 1939's The People versus Dinosaurs versus Apes. The People came out on top. The only way dinosaurs can even win a fight with a giant ape is if it's not even a dinosaur. It has, like, nuclear power, as Godzilla versus King Kong has showed us. So apes are obviously superior. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, then why did Godzilla <laughs> win that fight? Checkmate, Why aren't atheists? there dinosaurs I... anymore, and why are apes the dominant species on Earth? Look, dinosaurs are real. They're just invisible, and they live in the stratosphere. All right, can we move why on? Did okay, why did Jesus kill all the dinosaurs to make sure that we're safe? <laughs> Look, no one's arguing the fact that Jesus gave his life to defeat the dinosaurs. We know that <laughs> happened. It's well-recorded history. What I'm saying so is, is that on film, it's more exciting when a Tyrannosaurus Rex yells and screams than it is when an ape flings himself into a volcanic flow. That's it. That's all I'm saying. Okay. With closing statements concluded... You're on a rule on this right now. <laughs> I am trying to. We're now in deliberation No, not the movie. Phase. What I just said. Oh, <laughs> what you just said. No, I'll, I'll get there. I'll share my thoughts and position on this movie. Oh, God. I have to, like, collect myself for this one, too. This has been a mess of an episode. <laughs> I don't know Congo. what you mean. I think this has just been a straight shot all the way through. Congo was not a good choice. Let's just say that. <laughs> Congo's fine. Choice. It's just... Uh I think that's your decision right there. Congo is just a well, bad movie. Yeah. It was, well, okay. So here's my here's my but thoughts. Didn't you I, enjoy it? Yeah. Didn't you <laughs> no, have fun? No, I did not. I Congo actually did nothing for me when thinking about this. I've already have forgotten the movie. We watched it maybe a couple weeks ago, and I couldn't recall anything that was happening when you guys. Wait, were it didn't do it. anything for you? Not even that sexy ape? <laughs> maybe that. Maybe that. Could use some more tickling. But, <laughs> Yeah, there's just I, I just felt it was lacking on so many levels where we were just going through the motions. I didn't have any sense of danger or sense of threat. It's just like they assume the audience is going to understand that this is a life-threatening scenario and you should be terrified. But it's just like, again, you don't care about these characters. They, they just have these weird motives behind them that you're just like, can I relate to this? Um, I just feel like, yeah, there's no clarity with it, too. Them leaving on a hot air balloon. We don't know what's going to happen. Like, we don't know if they're going to survive. They're still in the middle of a jungle. We're saving that for Congo 2. Congo 2. We're waiting for it. But yeah, it just felt like a very, like, soulless ripoff of Indiana Jones and Jurassic Park. And it just lacked. Congo 2. Hot air boogaloo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Fuck. Anyway, nothing was really resolved. Congo, it's a movie. Uh, I'm going to side with the prosecution. Don't watch this. That's my final ruling. I'm sorry, guys, but this settles the case of 1995's Congo. Well argued by both sides. Don't. Don't watch Congo. And with that, the court is adjourned. Come back next time for a new trial with new litigants in the never-ending parade of schlock that is Grindhouse Courthouse.
Stop eating my sesame cake. <laughs>